Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Who do you say I am? That is the most important question you will ever be asked. Who do you say Jesus is? Learning, reading, writing, and arithmetic is important. Getting a good, well-paying job is nice, and playing sports is fun. But this, on this, rests your eternal life. Who do you say Jesus is? For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must or can be saved. Peter, speaking on behalf of the twelve, gets it right. But not all people know this. Some, they report, think that who Jesus is, is John the Baptist come back from the dead. Or others think Jesus a prophet like Elijah or Jeremiah. So some folks are still trying to figure Jesus out. Still trying to connect the dots. But there's more. More answers to this question the disciples are holding back. Because there are others who have made up their minds about Jesus and refuse to believe. And what they are saying about Jesus is that he is an illegitimate son born to Joseph and Mary out of wedlock. He's a lunatic, a blasphemer, making claims about himself that are insane. Or that he's possessed by the devil or even the devil himself. That's what some are saying too. They look at Jesus and his poverty and who he hangs out with and who he praises and who he criticizes and how he doesn't do what they think he should be doing and how he doesn't go along or get along with the religious leaders of his day and so think, nah, can't be. Jesus is not Messiah material. And there are people today who say those things as well. There are people today still trying to figure Jesus out, still trying to connect the dots, but some rejecting him bitterly for his teaching that is not in step with the times or not what they want. But Peter, speaking on behalf of the twelve, gets it right, not because they're smarter For Jesus says, not by flesh and blood do Peter and the others know this, but because it has been revealed to them by the Father who is in heaven, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son, the living God. That is, that Jesus is the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. That the one that all the Old Testament was pointing toward and talking about and waiting for, promised first to Adam and Eve after they sinned, and then promised again and again and again 
down through the ages to the patriarchs, patriarchs and the prophets. And now come. This man, Jesus of Nazareth, is the embodiment of those scriptures, those promises. He is who they say. He does what they say. He is God, the Son of God in human flesh. God himself come to a world condemned to die in sin by taking upon himself that sin and dying with it, dying for it, to remove that curse from us so we can live again. Live now in freedom and hope and live forever in joy and peace. So it is on that rock, on this confession of who Jesus is and what he has done, that Jesus builds his church. A church that in times and places may not look like much, just as Jesus did not look like much, just an ordinary man. And a church that may be despised and scorned, just as Jesus was despised and scorned, and crucified. And the church and you may be too. But to this church, as we heard Jesus say today, has been given the life-giving word to confess to the world. The word of forgiveness in Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. This word that opens heaven. This word against which the gates of hell cannot prevail. But just as in Jesus' day, some won't, don't believe that. It just can't be. If the church is so great, as you're saying, it must look great and have great and powerful people and be big and successful and admired, not weak and small, and poor. If Jesus is building his church, he's not doing a very good job. The thing is, those same people know there's a problem. They know this world isn't as it should be. There's division and war and death. There's disease and hatred and disaster. There's inequality and prejudice and abuse. And to these, there must be an answer. There must be a solution. And if the church isn't it, and God isn't it, and Jesus isn't it, there must be another God to turn to, another way to fix what's wrong, another way to save ourselves. And this God, it turns out, is us. We must save ourselves. We must save our planet. We must save our lives. It is up to us. That's a lot to ask. That's a heavy burden to bear and one that is causing people a lot of anxiety 
and uncertainty and despair in our world today, you can see it all around. And one way, not the only way, but one way you can see this today is ironically by people asking the very same question Jesus asked. Who do you say I am? But they are asking it in a very different way. Jesus asked it to save us. They are asking it to save themselves. Who do you say that I am? Or its cousin, who do I say I am? Is the question of our day. And you are expected to answer rightly. To use the right pronouns, to not misgender, and not go against even the most absurd claims of who someone says, this is who I am. And your life and livelihood may depend on it. For to deny that, we are told, is violence. To deny that, therefore, is to cause harm. To deny that, then, is to take that person's life that person who is only trying to save himself or who is only trying to be true to herself so you must be dealt with even crucified maybe how very different Jesus who came to be the savior we could never be The gates of hell can and will overcome our best efforts. If Adam and Eve, who had no sin, couldn't even stand against them, how are we going to, born in sin, going to stand? But what if we had someone to stand against them for us? One without sin... One to unlock the chains of our slavery to sin. To unlock the chains that are dragging us down to hell. To unlock the chains of bitterness, hatred, anger, unchastity, promiscuity, abuse, selfishness, greed, pride, lies, excuses, discontent, rebellion. And self-worship. One to raise us up to life and freedom again. One to show us that what is called normal in this world isn't in fact normal at all. And not good. And not life-giving. Who do you say I am? You, Jesus, are that one to save us from the sin, death, and hell without and all around us and to save us from the sin, death, and hell within us that has infected us. That entering into death with us, we enter into life with you. You are the one, the only one, to wash us clean, to pronounce us loved and forgiven, And to give us that blood transfusion that we need. 
That we be healthy and whole and alive again. Not just living until we die. But living a life that cannot die. How about that? Those are two different things. Don't you think? Living a life until we die or living a life that cannot die. Don't you think those two kinds of lives will look different? They should. But if your life doesn't, if you look and act and think and believe like everyone else, Christian or not, ask yourself why. What is affecting you? What is influencing you? What is stopping you? What is shaping you? What is catechizing you? And with such a life, are you gaining life? Or are you just living until you die? The Apostle Paul was dealing with this problem among the Christians in Rome, too. Our problems aren't new. So as we heard today, he said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, not changing your body, be by the renewal of your mind that by testing, examining yourself, your life, your thinking against the word of God. That by testing yourself, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And when you do, repent. Repent that your confession and your life haven't been as one. And receive that life and renewing you need. The forgiveness of the one who has come to cut those chains and save you and set you free. Because once you say who you are in repentance, a poor, miserable sinner, someone whose confession and life haven't been as one, then you need to hear from Jesus. Who do you Say that I am. And he says, you are my beloved child. Baptized, forgiven, free. You are a guest at my table. Eat my body and drink my blood and come be filled with my life. And I have a place for you in my heavenly kingdom. In a life that will never end. That is who you are. Because that is what I have done for you. So don't try to save yourself. You can't anyway. And I've already done it. So go and live. Not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. But serving others. Laying down your life for them as I have for you. Because in me you have a life that will not end a life that cannot die. 
Now, last time I was here with you before I left on vacation, little Lillian was baptized into that faith, and Ben confessed it and took his place at our Lord's table, both of them receiving with us that forgiveness, life, and salvation we need. Soon we will have more such confessions and more baptisms. And in them we will rejoice to see the Lord building his church just as he promised. And it is his work, not ours. His word, his forgiveness. And on that rock, the confession of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, the church cannot, will not fall. Even as we just sang, when steeples are falling, when crumbled have spires in every land. The resurrection of Jesus is greater than it all. And his word will sound forth, maybe from underground churches, maybe from small churches, maybe from house churches. It doesn't matter. Because the power is not in the size or the appearance, but in the word. And the spirit will continue to work through that word, calling the young and old to rest, as well as the souls distressed, longing for rest everlasting. And that rest we receive. And it's not the rest of doing nothing. But the rest of a living and active faith. Active and serving in good works and in forgiveness and in love. Because it is a faith that is resting in the words and promises of Jesus. In his forgiveness, freedom, and love. And so it is a life that is confident and bold because it is living a life that cannot die because of who Jesus is and all that he has done for me, for you, for us, for all. Do you think people might need to hear that? People who are trying to save themselves, who are worried and anxious and desperate about the future. That there's another way, a better way, another one. Come to save us. Who do you say that I am? It really is the question of our time. A question of life and death. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, we say, our Savior. And you are my child. A child of the living God, Jesus says. With a life that cannot die. Pretty good news indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.